Hey everybody, before we begin today's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, let me tell you about all the platforms you can find the podcast on. Not only can you find us on Anchor, but you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. All the links will be in the description of every episode. So let's get into this episode. Welcome to the latest episode of the Two of the Iceberg Wrestling Podcast, Brother Wrestling Meets Reality. I am Taylor, your host. Thank you for joining me. This episode is going to be about the women may eventing WrestleMania for the first time ever, as well as Baron Corbin fighting Kurt Angle in his WrestleMania retirement match. Let's get started. So I'm kind of going to go in reverse order and talk about Kurt versus Baron in his retirement match and how stupid that decision is. Because Kurt Angle's career spans decades. He's been a competitor for 20 years, probably, or more. In different companies, he wrestled WWE, TNA, and then he went to Defiant Wrestling for a little bit. And his career is well-spanned. And he has a lot, of, a lot of great matches as far as WWE is concerned. His matches with Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Edge, The Undertaker... Um, John Cena is the most notable. Um, Brock Lesnar, he's ha- he has a lot of credible matches and feuds in his WrestleMania match against Shawn Michaels. is one of the best matches I've ever seen. And he's just a well-rounded wrestler. Kurt Angle is one of the best it- to lace up some boots. He is the German suplex master. He is the originator of Suplex City. And he's just very, very great. He's a very worthy Hall of Famer. He's a legend of the business. He's retiring. And his retirement match, you people are chiming in and hoping and praying for John Cena. Because John Cena debuted against Kurt Angle in 2002, which kind of started the ruthless aggression era. And kind of kicked off John Cena's career and boosted Kurt Angle as well. And they're hoping John Cena is the one to be in his retirement match because it's a good way to end. It's a good overall story. But it seems that we're getting Baron Corbin. That's right. Mind the Bank winner, winner, Baron Corbin. Under the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner, Baron Corbin. End of accomplishments. He's the one who is retiring Kurt Angle. Oh boy, how bad that is. Because that's not what we want, the fans want. Nobody wants that match. And it's sad, too, if you're Baron Corbin. And nobody wants you in a high-stakes match like this because you don't deserve it. I know that there is a lot of um, storytelling here. The story it does actually make very good sense. Leave it to creative to make a story that makes sense and it's actually well told leading up to a match that no one cares about and everybody's fussing and fuming about. Because, while, like I said, the story makes sense, Kurt Angle deserves better. That's not taking anything away from Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is a great heel. He's a very good heel. He gets heel heat. He gets booed. He's a very good heel. But he has no reason to be the man to retire Kurt Angle. Because their feud, versus his feuds with, like, Shawn Michaels, um, John Cena, his... This feud with Baron Corbin is one of the ones you'll never remember. 
Anytime I cut an angle in a decade, no one's gonna know this feud. They'll know that his retirement matches against Baron Corbin, people fussing and uh, moaned about it. That's it. And that's gonna be wow, what a great match, what a great send off match. No one's gonna say that about this match. You got retirements like Ric Flair's. That match was one of the most tear jerking matches ever put on because Rick was retiring and Shawn Michaels put him down. Shawn Michaels retirement, he fought the Undertaker with every fiber of his being. Very well told match. He fought tooth and nail trying to overcome the dead man, but he sadly lost and thus retired back in 2008. And even though he came back for a little bit, that time of match, that match as a whole was brilliant. And looking at Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist, one of the best to go, his retirement match is against Baron Corbin. And just looking at everything about this match, it just makes me feel ill. Because, one, if they do, if WWE Creative does go with this match for his retirement, it's a slap in the face to Kurt Angle and his legacy. Because that shows how little they think of Kurt Angle as a legend, as a Hall of Famer. And thus, it's not good at all. Because Kurt Angle is, is a decorated veteran of the business and deserves a better send-off. And John Cena seems to be the guy that will do the send-off justice. So WWE, if they do do this match, this is a smack in the face to Kurt Angle. And another fact of this is what will Baron Corbin gain from this match? Now keep in mind, I believe it was last year, I think it was the year before last, when Roman Reigns fought the Undertaker at WrestleMania. He beat the Undertaker, if I do remember. And that boosted his like, momentum very well. Even though he was booed so loud you could not even hear yourself think, that is what was the payoff. No one liked Roman back then. They they booed him with every ounce of their being. And Roman beat the dead man, one of the most beloved figures in professional wrestling. And Roman um, beat him and came out the next night in Raw saying, this is my yard now, I'm the big dog, and got booed heavily. That's a great payoff for my match. Now, with this match of Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle will, um, will most likely win, but there's also speculation that Baron Corbin will win. Which, if he wins, what's the point of the send-off? Which, I know that's how they do typical send-off matches, but I think being his last match, Kurt needs to either win or be super close to winning. But, the question is, what does Baron Corbin gain? And what he might gain from this scares me. I do believe if he does beat Kurt Angle and sends him packing, he will be a contender for probably the Universal Championship, whether Brock Lesnar or Seth Rollins cashes in. I mean, excuse me, um, they become, whether Brock Lesnar retains or Seth Rollins becomes champion, I don't want to see Baron Corbin anywhere in that main event picture. He was, has not been built credible since his debut, honestly. That's a, another story I can talk about. But Baron Corbin's main roster... Um, tenure thus far has not been very good at all. So he's not built up to be where he's at, honestly, either. He needs to be built up more. He had promise when he debuted as a lone wolf, and he was just kicking everybody's butts. And then he just fell off the wagon, fell off, I guess, Vince's grace, and he's been kind of booked 
like he's the man when he's really not and is upsetting that as it is. But if uh, Corbin beats Angle, I fear that he will be in the main event picture. He's not ready for that yet, and no one wants to see him there at this time or ever, to be exact. So, Angle versus Baron Corbin, and the match that no one wants to see. This also leads to another question. If I'm basing it off of gain, what would John Cena gain if he beats Kurt Angle? I think this match entirely, if it's John Cena versus Kurt Angle, there's no gaining aspect here. This is just beautiful storytelling. This is just a Cinderella story type match. Because when you had, like, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, they go back decades. When uh, Evolution was a thing, um, you had Triple H fighting Shawn Michaels a lot with Ric Flair in the corner. And Shawn and Ric Flair have, um... Been good friends and all that. So the story there is girl is golden. With John and Kurt, John, like I said, debuted against Kurt Angle, and they had multiple matches in the years to come after that. Good matches as well. So they have a story there, a very well told story. And doing John versus Kurt Angle now, this would be the icing on the cake for Kurt Angle's career, and it could also be a good icing on the cake for John Cena's career because his career also is winding down as he's becoming a very popular actor and voice actor and all that. I wouldn't be surprised if WrestleMania 36 or 37 coming up will be John Cena's retirement feud. And then that's, I'll be having the same discussion probably them. But this match with John and Cut, it just needs to happen. And and I, I wouldn't pick anyone else over John Cena. I wouldn't, at my, at this time, I think of only John Cena's retiring Cut angle. So te- let me know what you think in the comments about this. Do you, I know you don't like Baron Corbin, um, being in this match, talk about it in the comments, or you can tweet me at tbo1794, whatever. So let's get into the next segment about Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky main eventing WrestleMania 35. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Wrestling Podcast, where wrestling meets reality. The segment's going to be about the women headlining WrestleMania 35 for the first time in history. So, it's announced today that Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey will face the man Becky Lynch and the Queen Charlotte Flair in the main event of WrestleMania 35 on April 7th. It's going to be a great match. I'm very excited for that match. My thoughts on that match, it's deserved, in a way, to be the main event because WWE has been portraying women as equal to men over the last couple of years with the women's revolution and all that type of stuff. And women has been showcased very prominently since that. We've had the women's first um, Hell match, first Money in the Bank, they have their own Rumbles now, their own WrestleMania Battle Royals. They have their own shtick now, which is great to see. Equality is awesome to see, but this main event happening now has had people talking about, well, the only reason they're doing this is because they booked the men's matches poorly. While I agree with that to a degree, I feel that this being the main event has always been in talks since Ronda Rousey debuted last year. It has been talked since in the show, main event WrestleMania within a year, and this and the other, and here it is in fruition happening. And with looking at that, the WWE has booked the Universal title as lousy. And the WWE title is being booked fantastically. Looking at the Universal title, you got Brock Lesnar, the champion, who 
he draws when he comes, yeah, but he is killing the title's momentum drastically. Because you have champions, you have Finn Balor, then you have Kevin Owens, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's dominated most of the Universal title's existence. And that's not a good thing, because in his tenure with the title, I think he's probably defended it under 20 times in three to four years. Uh, however long he's had total, um, he's defended very frequently, not much. And that diminishes the title and its importance. Back in the old days, you had people fighting for the titles. Like, the, if they lost, their lives were over. JBL was one of the best champions I remember as far as that type goes. He was, he wormed his way out of stuff, tried to, when he fought. He specified to keep it. When he lost it, he thought he lost his all his inheritance, all his money, all his whatever. That's how Tyler should be treated as the most important thing in the business. The Universal title was just treated as something to keep Brock Lesnar happy. And it benefits nobody at all. Looking at the WWE Championship, that championship had some issues in the past as well. But over the last year, it's been prominently built very well. AJ Styles was a pretty good champion. While I think he did hold the belt a little too long. Um, he made the title at least relevant in a way. And Daniel Bryan's one of the best WWE champions in recent memory. His heel turn to me was kind of skeptic. skeptical. I wasn't really sure because he's been this over babyface since, since he basically came in the WWE and now he's a heel. I think he'd be cheered still regardless, but he's managed to make the fans, the fans hate him. His eco-friendly, maniac type of gimmick has gotten him over as a heel. And his match at WrestleMania against Kofi Kingston of all people well, it will be a very, very good match. I've always loved Kofi, and it's shocking in a good way that he's been pushed in this degree as a main event star so suddenly, and it's great to see it. So the WWE Championship, yeah, that could, that deserves to be a, the co-main event or the main event, yeah, either one. Either way, I figure the way would be the, the main event or the co-main event, and being the main event is awesome to see, but it does show some leaks in WWE's system in a way, but I'm super happy to see this match as the main event, because women are getting the women of WWE, the women's roster for the most part has got some good talent, and hopefully throughout the year they'll start booking more better women's talents. They'll book more of them and make them all somewhat credible in a way. So they're focusing on three or four women, they need to focus on multiple if they can at a time to keep this um, cycle going, have fresh challenges, nice feuds, and all that. And they do stress um, not doing that very well. As you can tell. But as far as the Mania match being the main event, that's awesome to see. The booking for the feud has had some hiccups, if you've kept up with it. But in essence, the whole match um, as a whole, I'm super excited about seeing Ronda and Becky go at it. They'll have the one-on-one uh, a little bit in this match. I, I got found that they'll take up Charlotte and they'll just scruffle for most of the match. So that's going to be cool to see. It's going to be a good back-and-forth Fast-paced, brutal match. I feel it's gonna be very hard-hitting, very cool. I'm very excited for it. So let me know what you think in the comments below about this, and as well as the Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin situation I discussed. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Tip of the Word Wrestling Podcast. And I'll see you in the next one.